Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. We're still in celebration mode here, celebrating the magic 500 milestone for the InnovaBuzz podcast. And in this very special three-part anniversary episode 500, I'm joined by a panel of previous guests for a fascinating conversation that could lead in any direction. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put this show together, go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift that my team and I have made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. In this The second of the three parts, I'm joined by Joanne Clark, who was our guest on episode six, way back, and also on episode 120, and by Sidel Stewart, who was our guest on episode 416. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and join the conversation. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited today for our special InnovaBuzz podcast, episode 500, and and I want to welcome our panellists of guests who have previously appeared on their own episode of the InnovaBuzz podcast, and today we're trying something different. We're having a little group panel discussion. So I'm going to ask each of the guests to introduce themselves and where they're from. So let's begin with Sidel, Sidel Stewart. Please introduce yourself, tell us about what you do, where you're from, and what impact you're making in the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, hello. Welcome. I say welcome. Hello. Um, yeah, like you said, my name is Sidar Stewart. I am a possibility architect. I make it possible for coaches, consultants, and virtual assistants to show up in the world um, and attract and delight their clients with excellence and generate referrals with ease whilst focusing on the things that light them up. Um, and so I feel like that's my impact on the world. That's how I make the world a bright place is by getting people um, organized, helping them systemize their businesses and attract what they hope to achieve with their businesses. But whilst focusing on the things that light them up, as opposed to the drudgery of the day to day back office operations that are inevitable as part of the business, but not the things that you necessarily want to be focused on when you're trying to build. Mm. And you're based in London. We were just having a conversation about the grey and uh, wintry weather in London. So that's right. <laughs> All right, and and Joanne, tell us, introduce yourself, please, and tell us about your business and 
What's unique about you and the impact you're having mm -hmm. in the world? So I'm Joanne Clark. I'm based in normally based in Geelong in Victoria, Australia, which is the southern a southern state of Australia. So it doesn't get as hot as some parts, but uh, as we were talking about before, today's been a scorcher around 28 degrees. I run my own business called Destiny Pursuit Coaching and Training. And my primary focus is on training coaches in how to use NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, as they work with their clients. So I travel around Australia delivering uh, training to around about probably three to 400 people a year on NLP, becoming NLP practitioners and NLP master practitioners so that they can then go out there and work with their clients and make a difference to their clients' world. So I like to think that there's a, a very powerful ripple effect that comes from my training and spreads out way beyond the impact that I could have on my own through the clients that I train. Mm. Well, thanks for that. And, and I know from working with you that you have a lot in common with Sidel because you're very systematic in setting up the back end of your business and I'm involved in a lot of that um, in automating and systemizing a lot of those things that Sidel mentioned earlier that are necessary in the business but not necessarily really exciting or um, sexy. No, exactly. <laughs> it's good to avoid that, that uh, as you said, Sidel, that back end which can be quite, uh, can feel like it's quite, uh, you know, a lot of drudgery when, yes. you know, you want to be out there in front of rooms or in front of clients, coaching them and training them and making a difference at that level. Uh, mm -hmm. It's great to have systemized and automated business processes that enable you to generate, enable us to generate the leads and attract the clients and continue to build our businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, what's what's got you excited right now for 2022 and beyond, Joe? So for me, in 2022, it's an op there's been an opportunity in COVID for NLP to really move along a bit further. Traditionally, it's a training that's only been offered face to face in the classrooms, and there's sort of a been an attitude that. It's almost impossible to deliver NLP training online or that it would be a substandard training. I was um, able to deliver my first practitioner online training at the end of last year. And in 2022, I'm looking forward to really expanding on that and delivering more and more NLP training online, which opens it up to a much broader market of people. Um, the practitioner training involves seven days in the room if you're doing it face-to-face which is a big commitment for people to make. So having it available online enables some flexibility around that and means that people can spread the training out to fit in around their lifestyle. So that kind of gives us opportunities that weren't there before and I'm pretty excited about that. Mm. Yes, and having helped set up uh, those those courses, that's I'm finding that really exciting too. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, Where when we're forced through circumstances to find a different way of doing it, then all of a sudden um, that different way is there and it opens up those possibilities, as you say, that um, it's no longer limited to geography. That's right. And when you have an accreditation body or the peak associations are kind of saying, 
oh, we don't think you can do it online. It makes it quite a challenge. But when you have to do it online and then the clients, you know, the trainees get a, an amazing result, provide great feedback and they're very highly competent, you can no longer say it can't be delivered online. The proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Mm. And, and Sadell, what's got you most excited for 2022 and beyond? Um, I'm excited about the um, the growth of the virtual assistant market, really. Um, I have last year launched my own um, VA training brand as part of my kind of end-to-end -end suite of back office functions and helping people to transition into becoming virtual assistants and stepping up and helping small business owners to really thrive. Um, it felt like a natural progression in addition to the systemized work that I do because what happens is clients come and they work with me directly to assess where they are, where they're trying to get to. And then once I've set them up, I then partner them with a virtual assistant. And so there was all this knowledge in my head that felt like I was going to combust them. So I felt like it was um, time to do something with it. And so I'm looking forward this year to really um, drilling into that and helping a lot more people become more flexible and financially stable and to go ahead and thrive doing work they've always done in the workplace, but never considered doing for themselves. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's exciting. And I like the model of um, you're essentially training your clients to use virtual assistants and helping them set up the systems so that that they have all the training and process and documentation in place to succeed with virtual assistants. And then on the other side, you're training the virtual assistants to succeed with the clients. So both of them are being trained in the same process of working. So that maximizes, I think, the chance of success. Because I hear um, in the past, a lot of people um, try to go out on their own, look for virtual assistants in various places. And there's so many possibilities where you can source virtual assistants and, and many of them say, oh, it didn't work for me. I couldn't find somebody that worked the way that I wanted to work or it just, you know, for whatever reason, just didn't work. Mm -hmm. It's very common um, because nobody teaches you how to delegate, right? If you've never had an assistant before, it's something that you're kind of learning on the fly. And if the VA is not particularly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If they're not particularly proactive, in drawing out of you what you need done then you kind of get to this place where they're leaning on you to tell them and you're leaning on them to just get on with it and there's a kind of a stalemate really and then the business owner starts to just feel really frustrated like this was supposed to make my life easier and here i am just feeling stressed out so yeah um mm. it, it's, it's it's definitely something that needs more synergy mm. and of course communication is a big thing there and um, that's that's another thing you both have in common because NLP is is a lot about communication and how to improve our communication with others in a way that generates some results, generates a deep connection and then results. Mm -hmm. All right, so what does success mean to you, Sadell? Oh, success means to me autonomy and um, freedom to make choices. It's not really necessarily financial, but finance helps you to be in that position to be able to make choices that you want to make. And so I think success looks like autonomy. It looks like equity. It looks like um, the ability to make decisions that benefit you and the people that you love and the people in your communities 
by doing great work, but also by living your best life, for want of a better cliche. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, that sounds fascinating and it's it's interesting, isn't it? Um, success is so much more than just money, but as you say, money is, is kind of an enabler for a lot of those things that, that um, come into success for you. How about mm -hmm. you, Joanne? So for me, especially at the moment, I'm running a master prep training. And so the students in that training are very much embedded in using NLP strategies to write goals. And because they're coaches, where their focus is very much on writing business goals and defining what success means for them in business. Now, obviously, their financial success is a big part of it. But as Sadell said, there's so much more than that. It's kind of like, what is it that uh, is true to your purpose? What is the contribution you can make? What's your uh, un the unique difference that you bring that you can give to your clients? And creating a congruence around that that delivers you the financial success that you are looking for from having a business as well. So that's what I focus on when I'm working with clients. For me personally, at my stage of life, I'm as a trainer, when I'm in a room, what I'm looking at for success is really ensuring that students have a deep compassion for themselves as they make a journey where they're learning new things and, you know, making mistakes and getting the feedback from that and learning their own patterns. So one of my sayings is um, loving your wobbly bits, you know, like <laughs> coming to love your wobbly bits. And for me, part of being, you know, part of success has to be acceptance of our own humanity, our own vulnerability, as well as the things we're superstars at or, you know, rock stars at, you know, embracing our the wholeness of ourselves, both the strengths and the, you know, weaknesses that we want to work on and improve. And to me, that that's a good measure of success that we have that acceptance frame um, rather than a judgment frame where we're hypercritical of ourselves when we're not achieving some external standard that we set, you know. So hmm. having that respect for ourselves as we make that journey towards success. Yes, yeah, so I've been having lots of conversations on this podcast um, with people and one of the things that come up in those conversations has been the idea that we're very critical of ourselves and we tend to beat up on ourselves. And at the same time, when we have a, a success, we kind of just go tick, move on. <laughs> we don't take time to celebrate that. So I think there's there's kind of two sides to that. The acceptance of, okay, clearly I'm not very good at this or clearly that's something that I struggle with. But I can accept that because I can reach out to other people. I can make some connections that, um, and and this is the basis of Sedell's business, I guess, is bringing people on board that can help with the technical things that I'm not good at or I don't like doing. And at the same time, then taking the time to celebrate the things that perhaps we take for granted that are strengths or that are good achievements. Yeah, exactly, Jürgen. I think it's... Getting, you know, being able to take it on board as, as adding value in and of itself that we're learning as we go. And when, because when we are in a learning environment, 
of course we're going to make mistakes. Of course mm. we're going to be incompetent at things. And that acceptance is, in fact, what empowers us to move through that and build our competence, whereas the hypercritical judgment frame tends to have us move away from it and retreat to what we knew before. And I, I agree, Sadell would see this a lot when she's setting up relationships with VAs. You know, if people aren't, like like you said at the beginning, Sadell, people aren't taught how to delegate. So, you know, if they do it badly, then they tend to say, oh, it doesn't work and run away from it. Whereas having a framework they can follow, you know, means that you can take them through that step by step and build their success at delegation or their success at running a business or whatever. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, that, that moment of um, accepting that it's not going to be perfect straight away. You're going to, you're, you're two people getting to know each other. That comes first before the work even enters the equation. And I think the business owners are so stretched generally by the time they bring in a VA, they're at their wit's end. And so they just want a solution that's going to work straight away. And it's not an instantaneous thing. I believe, I think I've had this conversation with um, Jürgen before. I think it takes around eight to 10 weeks to get to a place of this is starting to make sense now. This is starting to work. The relationship is beneficial to both parties, but you have to give it that time frame. Um, mm. So I say to people, work with a VA for at least 12 weeks before you give up on this is not working and, you know, it, this is not for me and I don't see the point. Push past that pain and you will come out the other side usually feeling a lot more um, settled, for one of the better way to put it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had an experience recently where um, I, I decided to take a much more active role in, in my investment portfolio and and decided that I needed to learn a whole lot of things around how the share market worked and how people placed trades for shares, how people bought and sold shares and who moves the market and all this kind of stuff. And I went into a couple of courses around this and at first it was totally overwhelming. And I remember I, I went about a week and I thought, oh, this is just, I've got no idea what they're talking about. This is just too hard. And I really felt as though it was just hitting a wall. And then I remember this feeling about 10 days in and I'd listened to a few different courses and suddenly things started to fall into place. It was almost like, you know, the corners of the jigsaw puzzle had kind of been identified and that the edges of the jigsaw puzzle were starting to fall into place. And now I could start to see a picture forming it wasn't you know it's definitely not complete yet but a picture was forming and I thought there we go I've broken through I've broken through the incompetence thing now I know I'm incompetent but I'm starting to starting to see the progress and and I thought that's that's really the classic learning model isn't it and a lot of people just get to that hitting the wall stage and say no this is too hard and give up all right, well, let's, um, we're all about making marketing human again here at, in Overbiz. And, of course, um, one of those things there is, is that human connection that we've talked about a little bit and caring about your customer and bringing that culture. I'm, I'm curious, how do you build that culture of connection, that culture of care and innovation into your businesses, Sidel? 
Um, primarily through communication, like you talked about, um, Jürgen, it's really about preempting things and trying to stay one step ahead, but also in just being human and communicating with clients in a way that makes them feel like they are being held for a process, um, that they're kind of not on their own trying to figure it out and trying to make sense of everything, but that we have their best interests at heart. So I have a small team of virtual assistants that work in my agency. And so one of the things that we do is have weekly catch-up meetings, which some people feel like, oh, we don't really need to catch up. I can just send you the work. But that half an hour once a week mm. is a really great way for the connection to be built and the relationship to be built. But also just to have a general conversation. How are you? What's going on for you? What are you working towards? What's, what's changed in your business? Are there any challenges that you're facing? Things that otherwise if you were just delegating tasks via a task list or a project management tool, would easily get lost. And and they help to provide context to the VA so they understand what's going on with the business, but they also help the VA to be able to um, preempt what's going on and how they can actually add more value. And then in turn, the business owner feels like this person is becoming really invaluable in their business and they start to get to a position where they feel like, how did they manage without them before? And they can't imagine working without them going forward and so um i feel like that really builds connection and community but it also helps people to feel cared for taken care of mm. yeah i love that i love the that approach and the communication is so important isn't it and the live the live conversations i think um replicating that um water cooler i think the tea room yeah. conversations that people mm -hmm. have where typically you'd be saying things like how was your weekend and um yeah what did you do over the holidays and these sort of things that are just human connection things aren't they yeah and it, and you don't in writing even on a mm. slack message those things don't feel as conversational it feels perfunctory and nobody really wants that. <laughs> so mm. it's, it's nice to have those conversations. So we instill that at the beginning of the relationship and get the, the business owner to understand that that meeting is really important, just as important as meeting with a client. It's not something that can just be constantly shifted because you find lots of business owners go, oh, we don't need to meet this week. We can, we can put that off to next week. And then they start deferring those meetings and mm. then they don't understand the impact that that has as it starts to erode the relationship because then that, the person supporting starts to feel like well, they're less important than everybody else that you have interactions with. Hmm. All right, that's great. Joanne, how do you build a culture of connection and innovation into your business? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a couple of ways. I mean, because primarily in the past, most of my contact was face-to-face. -face, so I'm, I've been very big on really building connection in a room with people. And part of that, there's a couple of NLP strategies and, and ways of being in a room as a trainer that definitely promote that connection. So there's a, a state of being called expanded awareness where, you know, you're in a, um, your vision is expanded into the peripheral. You're, you know, you, you're not, you don't have so much consciousness of, of time. You can see movement in every area of the room. And as a consequence of that, when you're training a large group, it, it translates across as if everybody feels as though you're talking to them specifically. Because if there's a movement, you can acknowledge it and um, 
you know, there's a phone ringing in the background. But if there's a movement or something, you can acknowledge that. And if there's um, if there's someone who wants to speak but they're not quite putting up their hand yet or whatever, you can you can also notice that and pick it up. So in a room, it's really about that presence and that awareness. Yeah. When you're doing when I what I found is doing it on online is really about um, focusing in on on people when they're speaking, giving gestures. So I'm, I'm a good I'm a good head nodder. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like even if you're on mute, you can still be providing feedback mm. to someone with your facial expressions and and your eye eye movements. Where are you looking? Uh, what what are the gestures you're making? And you know how is that? giving feedback to the people you're interacting with so for me that's a that's a really important way to establish that connection with my clients um yeah mm. sounds good and and i really like i mean that's one of the challenges with the work you're doing is shifting it to online is to have that connection and have that awareness of what's going on for people because i know that's a critical part of your training to actually be aware of what's going on for people based on the nonverbal language yeah. that they're basically telling you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, well, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask a question that's a little bit selfish and it's based on your experience with the Innova Buzz podcast, what can we do better on this podcast as we go into the next 500 episodes. Joanne? Wow, Jürgen, what can you do better? I mean, it seems to me that you're on a, you, you know, you're always on a journey of continuous improvement. So to me, every, um, you know, every endeavor you take on, you're constantly doing it. You're fo constantly focused on how can I grow it? How can I improve it? How can I make it better? So definitely, you know, keep that up. Hmm. What, what I love about the podcasts, I'm not sure if it's saying what you can do better, but for me, it's a great place for me to refer clients to because you're interviewing people who are, who are role models for my clients. You know, they can basically go to the Innova Buzz uh, podcasts and, and connect with people that they want to role model from in terms of their own endeavors and their own business and their own thinking patterns. So in what can you do better? Um, I mean, I know you pump out lots of episodes and, you know, you, you're very regular in terms of the production. I suppose um, perhaps there's some opportunities there for audience engagement in podcasts, like the podcasts are pre-recorded. Mm. Maybe there is an opportunity for some live, almost like conference type, when you've got a key speaker you could have some people who are really interested in that person come to jump in on the podcast and have an opportunity to ask them some questions or have some interaction live with them. That might be something that, you know, mm. could be worth giving it a go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I, um, interestingly enough, I was recently approved to do LinkedIn Live, which was something that got me excited when I first found out about it. But... Um, I'd never, they'd never given me access to it. And um, eventually I managed to ask the right question in the right place. And they actually gave me access 
to LinkedIn Live, but I haven't done anything with it yet. That was just yeah. before the holidays. So that could be the tool to do it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It sounds really good. Yeah. Mm. Any thoughts from you, Sidel? Um, like Joe, I'm struggling to think of what you could do better. <laughs> I think that's that's really it's a very pointed question. Um, my feedback would be just keep doing what you're doing. You've made five hundred episodes, it's an amazing feat. Running a podcast, if anybody's not done a podcast, they won't have any idea just how much work goes into it. It is a full on production. And I think my experience of um working with you in regards to the podcast has been phenomenal. I've been super impressed by just the flow of it all and the information provided. You're not scrambling. There's no last minute, oh, you know, we've changed the link. And some podcast production can be quite painful to be involved with. Um, and this one's really seamless, very easy, always feels like a delight to be involved. So I think just keep doing what you're doing, to be honest. Hmm. I know it might, it might not be very constructive, but... Yeah. Um, well, but no, yeah, that was... Like, I'm glad to hear that it's been a good experience for the guests because one of the... One of the steps in our process is actually to provide an exceptional experience. And when I say exceptional experience, I talk about the guest as well as our listeners. Um, mm -hmm. So we want to provide an exceptional experience, obviously, to our listeners. So we bring on awesome guests, but we want to make sure that the guest has an exceptional experience as well so that it's easy for them to show up as their best and, and give their best value on the conversation that we have. Well, you're definitely succeeding. And, and I have to say that after being on your podcast the first time, I adopted um, some of your process um, in my own podcast and then had people saying, oh my gosh, this is so easy. It was a really great, seamless experience. <laughs> and I said, I have, again, to thank for that. <laughs> so thank you. Wonderful. Well, it's a pleasure. I like to make a difference. All right. Well, I've got one more question that I'll do and then I'll just open up the floor if you want to ask me anything. And the final question I've got is, have you read a, a book recently that excited or inspired you? Um, yes, I am currently reading um, an autobiography by the late, great Cicely Tyson, actress and lecturer and activist um, who passed away, I think, last year. It may have been the year before, actually. I think she's been passed about a year now. She passed at the age of 100. Um, and she was um, a phenomenal woman. And her book is really inspiring and just showing that tenacity and never giving up on your dreams and just and going after what you want, even in the face of adversity. I mean, she grew up in um, just after the kind of Jim Crow era in the United States. And so she had a really formidable career Um and it's just beautiful to see the way that she touched lives through her acting and just her her personality and the way that she conducted herself. And so I'm in the mo in the process of reading that. And I haven't read a book for a long time prior to that. It's been months. So um, I'm enjoying that. Oh, I'll have to add that to my reading list. I always enjoyed watching her in films. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to find out a little bit more about her. It's called yeah. Just As I Am. Okay, Just As I Am. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, and Joanne? Um, well, for me, one of my favourite books is Transformational NLP, A New Psychology. And it's by um, Carl, I can't say his name, B-U-C-C-H-E-I-T. You can probably say it better than me, Jürgen. I think it's a, be a bit of a German name, mm -hmm. Bukit or B-U-C-C-H-E-I-T. 
double H E I T. Buchheit, yeah, could be yeah. German. Yeah. yeah, and L Ellie Shamba. Um, what I like about this book is it traces the history, uh, the the academic roots of NLP. So for me, um, with neurolinguistic programming, a lot of people say, well, it's not based. It's just kind of, it's not scientific. It's not based on anything, but it is, and it comes from humanistic psychology, and so. This book really traces those roots very well and makes it very, very clear the strong historical and academic base that underpins NLP. So I quite like that. And then the other thing is I have Milton, I have Milton Erickson's uh, DVDs. I have two sets of his DVDs, uh, which are actual recordings of him doing lectures and conferences on his hypnosis techniques. And they're very old grainy films and everything. But... They've got, they are subtitled and I have booked the transcripts of those, um, DVDs as well. So I have spent a little bit of time over the Christmas break and I intend to spend a bit more time through January and February whilst I'm waiting for my third grandchild to be born. <laughs> um, immersing myself in the world of Milton Erickson and, uh, and how he worked so beautifully with clients and, affected such amazing transformational change with people mm. yeah it's fascinating and and it's well worth watching some of his old videos i think there's a few you can get on youtube uh, yeah pretty amazing yeah you'll have to come over and have a red wine and watch a few with me Jürgen. <laughs> <laughs> probably fall asleep pretty quickly because he's got a very very hypnotic presentation style <laughs> it is it is indeed <laughs> yeah all right. Well, that's all I had for today. Is there anything either of you would like to ask me? I would love to ask you, Jaden. What does um, what has you most excited for twenty twenty two and beyond? Well, one of the things that's got me really excited. You mentioned that the um, experience with the podcast was really good, and we've been working really hard to make sure that is the case right from the time we identify guests that we'd like to have on right through to all the production, uh, all the preparation, the research that I do in getting ready for the show, the conversation, the recording, the post-production, and then all the follow-up. So we've been really documenting that very carefully. And what's got me really excited now, we're in a position now to very quickly scale up doing podcasts for other people. And what I'm looking to do is have different ways where we can make that process available to people. Either they can get the entire documentation and use it for their own um, podcast and just copy what we're doing, or they could take it or we could actually train a VA for them. So it's something like would fit into your bailiwick. We could actually train a VA for them that would do everything except producing the content or they could probably help with that as well but the person who's the host of the show really produces the content and does the recording itself and everything else is done by either us as a service or we train a VA for them and provide some VAs that they could do that and then the third one I was thinking about there's lots of people that have a lot of content but don't have the time to do a podcast uh, and these people Certainly, they, they recognize the 
benefits of podcasts and apply to be guests on a lot of other people's podcasts. And that's how they promote their, let's say it's a book, they've written a book or they have other content um, and they're promoting that. And I thought we could turn that around and they could be a guest on their own podcast. So we would provide an interviewer that would simply ask them and then the rest of it is a done-for-you service. So they just turn up. The content's in their head already because they've produced that, whether it's written in a book or um, other areas, and then we produce that. So there's kind of three things that we're pulling together as a, as a kind of a multi-tiered service, and that's got me pretty mm. excited because it's really just doing what we're doing anyway with the podcast. Mm, I've got a fourth thing that you can add to that, actually, which when you were speaking made me think you could also help people to repurpose the podcast that they've done. Because yeah. I think what happens is people record an episode and they put it out and they promo it and then it kind of lives for maybe a month tops because yeah. they shout about it and then they move on and yeah. they don't recognise all the different ways that they can repurpose that. So I think that might be also beneficial if people have already gone through the production process and they've done all of that and they don't need your services for that element you mm. could also help them to repurpose the ones they already have published yeah that that's a really good suggestion as well and we've got i mean we've got processes for doing that as well yeah mm. mm -hmm. sure all right well thanks for that <laughs> you're very and welcome thank you for joining me on this panel discussion. It's a little bit different than my normal episodes, so we'll see what people think of these conversations. I'm planning on doing a few more, um, having kind of three or four episode 500s. Okay, well, congratulations on making 500 again, and thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure, and I enjoy to meet you as well, Joanne, so thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us all the way from London, Sidel and Joanne from up the road in Melbourne. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you and congratulations, Jürgen. It's a it's a, a an amazing achievement to get to your five hundredth episode, and I I remember number one. So um, yeah, what a long way you've come. So con really, congratulations. It's so fantastic to have had the joy of being part of your journey to this point, and delighted to meet you, Sidel. I look forward to um, hearing about you and perhaps chatting with you more in the future. Likewise. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that engaging, insightful and really informative conversation with those wonderful guests, Joanne and Sadell, and are feeling inspired with ideas. This episode can be found at anovabiz.co forward slash 500b. That is the numbers 500 and the letter B, all lowercase, all one word, inovabiz.co forward slash 500b. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with our guests, as well as links to the resources and the other things that we spoke about in the conversation. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. 
And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.